thank you, Lord. For it's where your spirit, Lord, there is freedom. I declare over their minds, I declare over their hearts, I declare over their bodies. I thank you, Lord, that you grant us a peace which surpasses all understanding. You are our peace, Lord. Apart from you, there is no good thing. And today we honor you today for giving us life and for putting, on, putting us here on this earth to glorify your name. Thank you. We have been bought at a price by the blood of Jesus. I pray from today, Lord, that we can step into responsibility and into maturity to complete the task you have given us before the foundation of the universe. Thank you, Father. I pray from today, Lord, that there is no more delay, no more setbacks. I pray that I can commit to you with all their hearts. Hallelujah. Today, from here to the third heavens, we worship you. Your name is above all names, Lord. And I pray that your name is lifted in our hearts and the way we walk on earth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. I command every burden, every heavy burden that is burdening your people, Lord, I command them to be free in Jesus' name. Every stronghold in their minds and their emotions, we command it to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. We uproot every stronghold that sets itself up against knowledge of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we command them to be restored and to walk in your fullness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I command every form of confusion that is allowing them to be confused in how they walk with you, I command that to be healed and restored. I pray for clarity in their hearts and our understanding by the power of the Holy Spirit so that I can walk with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. We are what we are today because of the Lord Jesus. He transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. We are transferred. God sees us already transferred. You must see yourself in the same way. Amen. Bless you all. You can all sit down. Thank you. like to have a round of applause for the band today. The first time they've come together and they practice for half an hour and they pulled they pulled that off and thank you all for your love for Christ and your devotion for Christ. The best days are ahead of us, amen. Hallelujah.
How are you all today? Are you good? It's good to see you all. I want, I want to say something before I preach. Um, you can belong here. Um, this is a family. Yes, we set the standard high in walking with Christ. It's very high. But this is what God called us to be. So you're welcome here, every person. You can belong here. And, and, and we are a family in Christ. And this is how I feel towards the people. I pray by God's grace you feel the same. Yes, we're here to do life together through every season. And we're here to do life together. And the most important thing when challenges come your way, that you keep coming, that you keep persevering. Because the enemy is a liar. He thrives on isolation. You know, the enemy, his name, and a lot of people tell me, you know, you always speak about this. Because believe me, he's the accuser of the saints day and night. His job is to, is not only to stop you from serving God, but to burden you and to harm you and to bring you to a place where you bear no fruit for Christ. He's the prince of flies. His name is the prince of flies. He comes when there's wounds in your heart, attacks in your mind challenges that come your way. He's the prince of the flies. But just like the enemy is in the wilderness, the Holy Spirit's there, wanting to take you out. And to be honest, the Holy Spirit is the problem solver. He solves all our problems when you rely on him and spend time with him. So worship is good. Bible studies is good. But your time on earth, day and night, what you do on earth, it's crucial. And I encourage you, the most important place is the secret place with the Lord. So you have to establish yourself in this place. Because there he comes to you. In a way where you will never look back. My encounter is why I'm still standing. But every other person here needs an encounter with the Lord. It's so important you know this. So from this teaching... And from the Bible studies, we're preparing every person to have an encounter with the Lord. And God is unique with every person. Everyone's different. He knows how to speak to you and touch you. Envy, <laughs> envy steals your uniqueness because your eyes are always on the outside. Envy deprives you from seeing your uniqueness in Christ. You have to understand this. I can't see the teaching that God's been showing me about this. It's so deep. You, envy steals your uniqueness because God created you different from every other person. That means he wants to come to you in the way that you understand. So when you're operating in envy, unfortunately, your eyes are always on others. They're calling on their gifting, on the way they walk with God, and you trap yourself. It's true. Well, so I have some good news also. The first time, it's the first time the Holy Spirit shared with me 
two weeks ago that he wants me to begin to teach about how to operate in your gifting. He's never let me even speak about it or even promote how to walk in the blessings and the power of God. Because everyone has a calling of God. But isn't it interesting what God does first? He deals with your heart. He deals with your mindset. He deals with your identity. He deals with pride, ego, bitterness, resentment, thought process. Isn't it amazing how before God can promote you in any place, there has to be death to the old man or the old woman? Isn't that amazing? Okay. So who's got blessed from exposing envy? I think it, from day to day I have people running away from me. Now they're running away from me. Now not, not only <laughs> they're running away from me when I see them alone, they're running from me when I preach here. <laughs> so many people. So many people, so many people, when I sit with them, the Holy Spirit lets me see what's inside. You know why? Because that's the very place God looks, and that's the very place the enemy looks. He wants to build a stronghold inside. Whatever God destined us to be, Satan wants to mimic that. He wants to come in our character. He wants to come in our emotions. He wants to come in our feelings. And today, to be honest, if you, if you were to have a scale, how many people are walking in the true love of Christ? How many people are walking in a conditional love where it's based on what you do? It's based on how you help me or you serve me. How many people today are walking in selfishness, arrogance, pride? You begin to put the scale. You begin to see the destruction the enemy has caused, especially in the hearts of the people of God. And you only see people's true hearts when they go through difficulties or when they don't get what they want. You know, I'll share something with you. You know, God's given me a great task. He's given me a great task by the grace of God. And it's not only me, there's many here. He's given me a task to build his church. But it's from the inside out. God's more interested in what you, what you do in your heart than what you do in the outside. And yes, the teaching is very confronting. It is because that's the very place God wants to build his foundation. Envy, to be honest, is caused catastrophic destruction in people's hearts today. And unfortunately, it's not being preached about, but by the grace of God, we're here now, we're here to speak about it, and we're here to move forward. Amen. So just a quick reflection. Just a quick reflection um, of what I preached last week. 
how to de how to detect envy in your heart and others. Envy is a form of hatred built upon insecurity and fear. People with envy who are intimidated by you talk about you, talk bad about you with hopes that others won't find you so appealing. People who operate in envy unfortunately ru ruin other people's happiness just because they cannot find their own in Christ. People who operate in envy are usually counting someone else's blessings instead of their own. Envy is the result in almost every book in the Bible. Satan envied God and got thrown out of heaven. Cain envied Abel and resulted in the first murder to be registered in the Old Testament. King Saul and David. Something about King Saul that I, I wanted to say that I didn't say two weeks ago. The treasure with King Saul and David was that King Saul coveted the gifts more than God. King Saul was more interested in the gifting than God himself. David was more interested in the presence than the gifting. And isn't that a picture for us today, that our hearts can be protected? King Saul coveted the gifts more than God himself. And yes, God gives us uh, a platform to be his light on earth, but believe me, it's when envy is taken away from you. Our relationship is based with Jesus Christ, not our gifting. And it's a lesson, because what King Saul done to David resulted in he wanted to kill him. Envy thrives on killing whether in your heart or in your mind, it thrives on killing someone. Whether you, how you speak, how you think towards someone, unfortunately envy leads to that. Okay, so just a quick reflection. Envy divides your attention. You cannot follow God, God's purpose and focus on others at the same time. This is something that you have to ask yourself. Is your focus on Jesus Christ himself? This is so important. For the body today, it's, it's, it's the opposite, unfortunately. We're always focusing on what I'm doing for the Lord or how God is using this person and why isn't God using me in the same way. Envy is closely linked to the lust of praise and the control of the crowd. Envy lusts for something it doesn't have. How many people pray for something they don't have? Yes, God wants you to ask and you shall receive, but not through the channel of lust. Not through the channel of envy. Let's say God blessed me with some things in the physical realm, you can say, well, I want what he has, and you can begin to pray out of that envy to God. That can be for the gifting, that can be for the physical. So many people, unfortunately, 
don't get what they want from God is because they don't ask God. James gives it away. The whole book of James was spoken about envy. The whole book of James is spoken about envy. And he leaves us with two major things. Would you like to hear? The whole book is devoted to envy. And he says every evil sin is there. He gives us with two doors out. He diagnoses us with something. He says you ask amiss because you want to spend that on your own pleasures. So the first reason they couldn't receive is because they were still alive to this world. The second part, he says, he says you don't ask God. So one, one, one was when you don't ask God, naturally your focus is on others. The other part was you don't receive because you want to spend it on your own riches or your own pleasures. So they weren't dead to the world yet for them to receive what God wanted to give them. So two major things in the book of James that speaks about envy. He lacks prayer. The first one. You don't ask, you don't receive because you don't ask. And then he says, he says you ask then and you want to spend it on your own pleasures. So he diagnoses them why they can't receive from God. So you begin to see the whole book is, <laughs> is, is given to envy and he's showing you two main reasons. You don't receive because you don't ask God. A person who doesn't receive naturally is looking on the outside of what's happening in the outside. His eyes are out on people. For someone not to ask God and naturally, unfortunately, he's operating in envy because his eyes are on the people and what God is doing for them. Are we understanding? Yes or no? So for a person who's not praying to God, he's not receiving from God. Unfortunately, what's left is for you to covet and envy what other people have in their life. So the first reason or the reason that allows envy to stay is your prayer life with God is not right. You don't have a relationship with him. The other part, you're asking out of the flesh to spend it on your own pleasures. Meaning, you're not dead to the world yet. There are things still alive in you that God needs to deal with before he starts to bless you and promote you. We're getting it? Isn't that amazing? He diagnoses them with two major things. Lack of prayer, and then you're asking... You're asking out of envy to lust for the world and the world still living in you and you're praying out of that source. Are we understanding? So is your prayer life is your prayer life based on what God can give you or based on how you need to deny yourself? You begin to see? Is your prayer life based on what you need to ask God or how you need to deny yourself and cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Believe me, I tell you from experience, the moment I became free and started to hear from the Holy Spirit, 
is when I started to pray for myself. I started to focus more and more of what's inside of my heart and what I'm entertaining on a daily basis and how to deal with this area. And then naturally the blessings of God came. Naturally God knew what I can handle. Imagine you praying out of the carnal nature or the old man where there is a fear of failure. Let's say you have a fear of failure for the future. It's very common today. You have the fear of failure and you say, Lord, please bless me with more work, Lord, please. But it's really the fear of failure. Yeah? God cannot bless that place because there there is fear. And what's, what's envy, how does envy operate? It fears what it doesn't have. Or he lost what he doesn't have. So imagine you praying out of that area and saying, Lord, please bless me so my bank account doesn't go empty or so that I can continue to pay my bills. But really, there is a fear there. Are we getting it? So the, the rightful way to deal with it is, Lord, I have, a, I have a fear. I have a fear that you're not my provider. I believe, help me with my unbelief. You begin to deal with what's inside your heart rather than the things that you need. We understanding? There are two most important things in a person's journey. How they pray and how they read the word of God. If you deal in the right way with the Holy Spirit, believe me, there's only moving forward. So the whole book of James is devoted to envy and it shows him two major reasons. You don't ask. He says you murder and you covet. He's saying you're envying, you're looking out. And he says, I can't bless that. And then he says you ask because you want to spend it on your own pleasures. Do you have a kingdom mindset? Not in the beginning. But how does the kingdom mindset hide in envy? Lord, bless me and I'll focus more on you. <laughs> <laughs> you're only fooling yourself when I started to pray and fast yeah you cannot you cannot put new wine into old wineskin I stopped saying anything I started to pray and fast and cooperate with God on a daily basis I stopped asking him because I knew the flesh is speaking and believe me when you're in the spirit you will not speak you have a heart to hear and if you don't hear, wait until you hear. Because God doesn't have a problem speaking with people. He doesn't have a problem speaking with anyone. But he wants you to get to a place, yeah, that he can bless you, and then that a blessing will not take you away from him. You understand? So there are many examples in the Bible. Okay. How many people here have got something from envy? How many people here have got something from envy? How many people from the, all the teaching that they heard in the last three to four weeks that they, that they exposed the envy in their hearts? Well, there's no one here. No one here. 
don't be afraid. I told you from the beginning, I was, <laughs> I told you from the beginning, there was many doors in my heart. Yeah, I like to be true. So don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed. It's okay. Envy, this blew me away last week. Envy has no belonging. It cannot belong in the body of Christ. That's why Jesus spoke so much about fellowship and the blood of Christ cleanses you from all sin because when there's fellowship, there's a belonging to the body. Envy cannot fellowship because it's based on self. The Pharisees had no belonging. They said Abraham, then they said God is our father. They had no belonging. Envy has no belonging. I used to sit with people and we come to fellowship, they will just get up and go. You know why? Where there is fellowship, yeah? Where there is fellowship, the enemy is exposed. So envy has no belonging, has no family, and has no unity. Actually, unbelievable. Answered so many questions in my heart why people struggle to fellowship. So many people here have fellowship with me. Um, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And we sit in the room and the Holy Spirit starts to speak. Many people have witnessed it here. I told them, someone came to me last week and they said, you know, like, you know, I want the Holy Spirit to, you know, work and speak. And I said, don't talk. Don't talk anymore. If you truly want the Holy Spirit to speak, it's best you say nothing. Because if you try to give me a hint what you need, then I can understand what you need in the natural, let the Holy Spirit speak where you are and give you what you need. And it was amazing. Now, I'm not being arrogant or rude in any way, but when we gather in a meeting, there's no one better than the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you that. I'd like to share a story, and this may shock you, but I just want to tell you what fellowship done. I just want to tell you and show you what I face uh, on a weekly, monthly basis of what God does. So I met this pastor. I met this pastor. It's pretty intense, but I like to share it. I want to show you how important fellowship is. I met this pastor and he said, look, let's have a coffee and meet. And he, uh, he said to me, you know, if you're a true prophet, tell me what's wrong with my church. Just like that on the, on the, on the coffee table. I said, yeah, I've never been put on the spot like that. And I never like to use the Holy Spirit like that or, or to treat him in this way to try to produce a word where there's nothing. I don't treat the Holy Spirit like that. That's pride. Really, it is pride. And so many people, when, when they want to be someone, they try to produce something where there's nothing. Another spirit comes, unfortunately. Another spirit comes. It's how God speaks. You don't force it. Anyways, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this man had 14 pastors in the church. 
and I didn't know what's happened in his church. I don't know him from, from nowhere. I just got from a friend we met. And I saw out of pride, out of pride, and it may be envy, I don't know, but out of pride, they went into another heaven and they're trying to pull down uh, this principality or stronghold that the enemy was bounding this town with. And I saw, I saw that they had no authority by the Holy Spirit to actually even go there. And I don't think like this as a believer. I've never dealt with something like this. Tony knows many stories about this, but I don't know anything about these things. And I saw that the enemy came and destroyed the whole church. The pastors don't believe anymore. Not that they didn't even leave the church. They don't even believe in God anymore. And they all got separated. And the man is by himself now, by himself in the church. Anyways, he said, your prophet, come preach in my church. So I preached on his church, and I said to him one thing. I said, you're very, you're very strategic in the word of God, but you lack the Holy Spirit in the church. And he said, you're spot on. He said, I'm very structured in the word, but there's no spirit. And I said, you've lost your voice in the church. They don't even listen to you anymore. And he goes, yeah, and he's crying. And I got to the place. I preached. One lady got healed from cancer. By the grace of God, some demons come out when I prayed. I preached on Psalms 91, but I want to tell you what happened. I want to tell you why God really took me to actually talk to him. He, they got us some food we're eating, and their daughters said to him, the daughters said to him, don't eat that stuff. You've got some blocked arteries. You know, you've got to look after yourself now. You've got to look after what you're eating. And my senses went up. Blocked arteries? What's going on? I left it. I went home. Had a dream that night. This man goes overseas and that. He preaches overseas. I was, he kept telling me, you know, my heart's there and I want to preach. I'm not going to say the country because then you try to think who it is. <laughs> and I'm just sharing how important fellowship is and knowing the Holy Spirit is and envy will not do that and though the man is in a mess God can take him out this is what I'm sharing that for because he actually humbled himself and allowed me to come in which God can restore anyone but God's knocking on his heart to heal him anyways I saw the blocked arteries and um, I saw the place where he was kept telling me he wants to preach. And I got taken in a dream. And I saw the strings of his heart. I saw the strings of his heart come out of his heart and go to a woman in the crowd. The blocked arteries. As the arteries left the heart, it's pretty intense how God speaks to me. As the arteries left the heart, as the arteries left the heart, they, they got choked, they knotted, and, and, uh, and the knot landed on a woman, and it's not his wife, and he's having an affair. And the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit showed me his blocked arteries is because he's having an affair, and he won't bring it into the light, and he's kept it a secret. 
And look at the depth that God went to to actually send me there, preach and build a, li a, build a little relationship so he can actually get the devil out of him and bring the things into the light. Do you see? So, so this man offered a way out. I don't want to tell you what happened after, but I just want to give you an example that when someone is operating in evil, as long as you're fellowshipping, as long as you're in a place where the Holy Spirit is, whatever the enemy used, designed against you, he can take you out. But keep coming, keep your heart right. Now, the, his string of his heart left, and I saw it choked, and the blood vessels choked, and it landed on another woman. Now, to be honest, we pass judgment on no one. It can happen to anyone. We're not meant to pass judgment, but it shows you how careful you have to be with how you walk with in your heart. Because the enemy waits until you get so big, you get so big in your gifting, in your authority, in the crowd, and he destroys the people. The enemy comes after the strong men, the strong women of God. And it was very interesting. And I shared this for a reason with you. That when you're in a place where the Holy Spirit is, doesn't matter what battle you're in, as long as you're fellowshipping, the blood of Christ cleanses you from all sin. Fellowship is so important, really very important. And when you're alone, the enemy thrives on isolation, then he starts to plan attacks against you. How you've fallen in the past, and how you've become a victim to the past, and he unfortunately brings havoc against the believer. But I, I, don't, I don't know why I shared that, but I just shared that. So envy has no belonging, envy has no family. And I've seen so many people come here, when it comes to fellowship, they cannot. And I understand what it is now. They're afraid of what is going to surface, which is a blessing from God. Okay. So don't be afraid of any of us. We are servants of Christ. We pass judgment on no one. We're here to help you. The battle is real. The enemy is waging war against the saints. We're here to help you. No matter what's in your heart, no matter what's going through your mind, no matter what sin you are, no matter what battle you're in, the Holy Spirit can take you out. Be close to fellowship. Be close to where the Holy Spirit is. Believe me. Envy rejects fellowship. Okay. Now let's speak about how to overcome envy. Thank God for this. So how to overcome envy. The first, the first one. Fix your eyes on God and not on others or yourself. I'm just giving you some points. Now, this is a big one here, second one. So I'll repeat the first one. Fix your eyes on God and not on others or yourself. Fix your eyes on God alone 
and not on his gifts or his blessings, or they will become a, an idol of envy. Fix your eyes on God alone, and not on his gifts or his blessings, or they will become an idol of envy. So remember David and Saul. David was a man after God himself. Saul was after the blessings and the promotion. Why I know this is because that once David started to walk in a higher authority than him, he started to cover him and find a way to kill him. So David's, David's heart was to be in the presence. David's heart was, remember, creating me a pure heart, O God. He's the one that said it. He's the man. So he understood. Saul was all after how people see him, his status, and the platform that he has. Another one, another big one. Recognize God's grace in your life and get out of the entitlement mentality. It's massive. This one's a big one. I like to give an example. About, I wrote an example here. Recognize God's grace in your life and get out of that entitlement mentality from what you're entitled from God. If you can get these things, that will set you free. So I'll share another example. Unfortunately, another pastor. And please, I'm not comparing myself. Please, don't, don't misunderstand me. So this pastor, he had a heart attack. And, and I got called to go to the hospital, and I'm sitting on the chair with him. And he began to say, I've done so much for God. I've done so much for God. I've helped so many people. I've performed many miracles and healings. And look what look where I am and God hasn't healed me yet. And he had a mindset of entitlement from God. And the Holy Spirit said, I cannot heal him. First time I ever hear this. I cannot heal him. Because that entitlement with God leads to an envy with God, leads to an attack on God. Because his attack, unfortunately, landed to God. I've done so much for him. I've helped these people. I've built churches. I've helped so many people get out of darkness. His entitlement ended, ended to be an envy towards God and an attack towards God. Can you please see this? Does God owe you anything? We owe him everything. You have a mindset? Lord, I'm doing so much for you, Lord. Bless me, Lord. <laughs> you start to see how dangerous envy is. Uh, can, can people see this? You know how dangerous envy is? It ends up having an entitlement from God. You're based on the things that you need from God. And the Holy Spirit couldn't heal the man. First time I ever hear this in my journey. Because that entitlement ended up to be an envy and an attack on God. Satan's greatest plan. Does God owe you anything when you preach the gospel? 
does God earn you anything when you give to the poor? We give out of a cheerful heart. We spread the sweet aroma of Christ because of his, un his unfailing love and his loving kindness. When you ever feel like you're entitled from God to receive something, you've fallen into that trap. Yes, we receive by faith. Yes, we walk in the truth. But whenever you feel that God owes you something for what you do, unfortunately, you're in the, you're in the enemy's den. So this man is a clear example, unfortunately, which anyone can go there. I'm not comparing myself to the man or not degrading the man. Please understand me. And I thank God he let me see it because I can protect my heart, to be honest. So do you feel like God owns you anything when you fast, when you pray in the Spirit, when you feed his people? The Bible says we don't feed God's people out of compulsion, but out of, a, out of a heart that's willing to serve Christ. So very easily we can all fall into this trap. That we're entitled from God, not out of faith, it ends up being attack on God. That thing that he said, I've done so much for God, but hey, here I am. If that's not Satan mocking God, I don't know what is. To, to challenge God's character from attacking him. By faith, you humble yourself. You say, Lord Jesus, I've identified this thing. Heal me by your blood. The moment you use that trump card, Lord, I've done so much for you, and I've come to this place now, you've already received the lie. Are we understanding? These are very deep, uh, very deep topics. And this third one gets a lot of people in many ways. Lord, I gave, I helped, I planted seed, someone else watered. Lord, I've done so much for you. Why am I in this situation? That type of reasoning comes from the enemy. That type of compromise comes from the enemy. How many people here feel like God owns, owes them something? <laughs> oh, well. It's an attack to God. God owed him something. It was an attack. Like, like hey, here I am. I'm in this situation. But it's a really an attack on God's character. Faith doesn't come in this area. The Holy Spirit doesn't come in this area. The only thing that comes is a, unfortunately a mockery to God. Are we understanding? Good. Now, this is another big one. I think I'm going to stop after these 10 and close the meeting. <laughs> I'll be honest with you because it's so intense. God showed me the God of envy from the Old Testament and he showed me where it was produced and it's, it's actually it's an overwhelming message but I don't know if I'm going to actually go there. I can preach for hours if you want but this is so much. 
Next one. So th the third one was recognize God's grace in your life and get out of that entitlement mentality from what you're entitled from God. Well, what a danger. What a danger. I can preach so long on this, this itself. Next one. Be grateful for what you have and what God has given you. Gratitude is crucial in how you're grateful. You begin to see every day in your prayer life, are you a person of gratitude, thanking him for what you have? Because believe me, if you don't thank him for what you have, don't expect anything else. If you're not grateful with the small things, trust me, you cannot receive anything large from God. You cannot. So be grateful for what you do have and what God has given you. Remember, when more is given, more is demanded. By un being ungrateful for, for the little things you have, yeah, will not allow you to get anything from God. So when you're in the wilderness, God strips everything from you. God takes away everything from you. And then he, he lets you see your heart. He lets you see. I learned so much about my heart when everything was taken away from me. And I'm not saying it's going to happen to you in the same way. But I got to know myself more when I was in need and want, struggling and in challenges. I got to see my heart. And the Bible says that he, the, the wilderness was designed to see if you love him. Remember? Saul so, loved God for the gifting and for the things he gave him. David loved God because of his presence. He sat with him every day. So you get to see what your heart is really when things aren't going your way. And that's the test. The test is God's so sensitive when you're struggling, his eyes are on you, his ears are on you, seeing what you're going to say, seeing how you're going to operate. Whether you complain, whether you murmur, whether you blame, God sees it. So if you're in a place now, you're in a wilderness, you're in challenges, things aren't going your way, you have to see why you're getting restricted from God, why you're not getting promoted by God. Why you're not getting blessed by God? You have to see it. And lack of gratitude or the root of envy, lust for something it doesn't have. He says, my joy will come when I have this. And this can even be for healing. This can even be for the needs and wants. This can be, this can be for your breakthrough. So, so many people, they relapse. They relapse. And they go through the whole process again to find themselves complaining about a situation in a different way. So I'm big on character. I'm massive on character. I, I will not even go to the gifts because before character is produced, don't even think about gifting. So... When you're, when you're in the wilderness and things aren't going your way and you pretty much have nothing, God measures your heart. 
And gratitude is so important. So be grateful for what you do have and what God has given you. You know what speaks about this here? Contentment. Contentment is massive in the Bible. Are you content with what you have? Or is your peace based on that? Are you content? Are you content in Christ alone? Yes, we thrive to move more and more into the glory of Christ. Yes. But are you content in Jesus Christ himself? Or are you waiting for him to use you in gifting? Or are you waiting for him to bless you in certain areas? You have to be grateful for Jesus Christ himself. He is enough for you. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is our gift from God our Father. Full stop. He knows what you can handle now. If he knows what you can handle, yeah, all he asks is to go after his kingdom. The rest will be handled by God. Yeah? So someone will think, you know, how am I going to pay these bills and how am I going to live in life and how am I going to buy these things? God says, clearly, go after my kingdom. Everything else will be given. So that statement tells you to trust him. And that's where so many people crumble. So many people. Impatience, murmur and complaining, greed, love for money, still alive in the world. Just giving you the examples how envy operates, unfortunately. So be grateful for what you do have and what God has given you. You know when you be grateful and you begin with a heart of gratitude, envy is crushed, envy is squeezed, strangled, uprooted from you. Gratitude begins to choke envy because the opposite of envy is lusting for something you don't have. Contentment tells you I'm content in Christ. So you begin to choke it. So a heart of gratitude, how does it begin? I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done in our lives, both seen and unseen. I thank you for my children. I thank you for what you've done spiritually in my life. First, it's all spiritual first, then it's physical. I thank you, Lord. And to be honest, from my example, I've never fallen into a place where I, I get stuck in this area. Okay, so be grateful for what you do have and what God has given you. What has God given you? What's the greatest gift? Jesus at the cross. That's the greatest gift. Your gratitude begins there. And you know what? In the beginning, I didn't understand the depths of Jesus at the cross. I asked God the Father, make his death known in me. Make his crucifixion in what he paid for me at the cross known to me in the Spirit. Because when I asked the Holy Spirit to make the fullness of Christ known in me, guess what happened? His love, which surpasses all understanding, his peace that surpasses all understanding, rest on you. I asked him. I lacked this. I said, let me know the victory that you claimed on earth that's for eternity, that makes me complete. Make it known in the Spirit to my heart. Because we all say, yes, Jesus died for us on the cross. And yes, it's deeper than you think. 
Yes? Because it was so deep that Paul said, I want to be crucified with Christ. I no longer live, Christ lives. He understood the love. There's nothing greater than the love of Christ. Love destroys envy. If the whole chapter is devoted to that. But there's nothing greater than you saying to God our Father, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to make his death known in your heart. That means you're far from yourself. Very far. From serving yourself and serving the lust of the flesh. The next one is another good one. Rejoice when God blesses others. So how can you rejoice when God blesses others? Can I have a microphone from I work the crowd for this one. <laughs> how do you think this begins in the spirit? Isn't everything spiritual? Yes? How can someone what's what's the motive before someone gets blessed? How can you be part of that? So just 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 a sentence, not a whole story. So if 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 I was to come to you today and say, "Hey, can you rejoice when God blesses others?" You'll say, "I need to do I need to do something for that." How can you play a part in that? So let's say let's say that I I want to have a heart to rejoice when others are blessed, but I don't feel that way. I'm still self-centered. Let's say I want to be part of I want to be part of the blessing that when someone is blessed spiritually or physically, I want to rejoice in them. What do I need to do to begin to break those scales in my heart? Uh, this moment. It's it's a it's a good question. Okay. I have to love him as I love myself. So I will be happy for his blessings. Love him and love yourself. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Bring what you're feeling to the light. Yeah. I think everyone heard that. Yeah. yeah. So bring it to the light. So bring to the light to Christ. As the Bible says, we can enter the throne of grace boldly to receive mercy and help in time of need. So the first instance always to bring it to the light. But how do you begin to rejoice when God blesses others? You know what? You know how you do this? You go to the secret place and you begin to pray for them. <laughs> you begin to say, Lord, today my prayer life is so that someone else is blessed. Jesus looked at the interests of others rather than himself. You see the mindset? How many people pray for me here? That's okay. Just be honest. Okay, I'll fix it up next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the key. I, I share a treasure that the Holy Spirit taught me, and I hope you get this. The key that allowed me to see every person's heart was the heart that I have to pray and to serve them. The Holy, the Holy Spirit unlocked in my life. When I came back from Brazil, 
he said to me, begin to fast for souls. I never heard this in my life. And I think, hey, well, I fast for myself. And the Holy Spirit done something in my heart. I started to have a heart to look at the interests of others, but before it was about me. I, I share my heart. It's no problem. It was about me before. What God can do through me and what God gives me and what God speaks to me. But he said after Brazil, three years ago, he said, fast for souls and fast for others to be saved. What a selfless proclam proclamation. And you know what happened to my heart? I began in my heart to wanting to help others rather than basing the spotlight on myself. I felt it in my heart. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it before. And you know what the Holy Spirit done? He started to give me more wisdom and understanding to know Christ and see the needs of others and how I can accommodate them in the spirit. Word of knowledge. Um, breaking those strongholds. He started to let me see how I can help people in the spiritual realm. But first he wanted me to understand this physical principle. So what allowed the Holy Spirit, what allowed the Holy Spirit to, 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 walk, to walk in this way was when I started to pray for people. And I send messages out, you know, pray for someone. Yeah, Lord Jesus, bless this person. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's not like this. It's not like this. I became so connected with believers, and I'm connected with many people here. I became so connected with believers here today that every time there's a struggle, there is a battle, God gives me a dream or God speaks to me. Is it because of my gifting? No. It was because of the heart. It was because I, I, I am willing to go out of my way to help people. But I didn't have that before. And I say it openly. It was all about me in the beginning. You understand? Are you available for others? The first principle to be available for others and for God to use you is in a secret place when you're praying for them and no one can see you. So this is one way that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit began to let me see and walk in his wisdom to help others and to walk in his power. And that's part of the series of how to walk, if you, how to walk in your gifting. Isn't that amazing that it comes back to envy and, and having a heart to serve? So there was only probably 10 people that put their hands up that pray for me. 10 people. <laughs> I'm really joking. So every place where I go, I went to a place last week to fix my phone. And I got to the place, I got to the place, and there was a Malaysian Muslim man there. And the first, my daughter Rihanna's there. The first thing he said, my life's, my life's breaking down. 
and I'm only there at the register. I don't know the guy. Because my life's breaking down. My uncle just died. They're going to close down my shop in three weeks. Everything's just chaos. Say thank you, Lord. That was easy. <laughs> and my daughter Rihanna's looking at me like this. She knows, like she's waiting for me to preach the gospel. I preach the gospel. And he said, Can you come back? I'm interested in knowing Christ. That's what he said. Amen? But look what God done. The Bible says the works that he's prepared for you before the foundation of the universe for you to walk in them. But that's if you're prepared. That's if you have a servant mentality and a heart to look at the interests of others rather than yourself. He's prepared everyone at work. Every person here. Many people miss out on every day because of the busyness and the selfishness and the envy of their own life. It's true. I can't say any other way. So it's, it's common to me. It's not a surprise anymore because that's my uh, new identity in Christ. And so many people can give time, you know, to accommodate, accommodate people and, and to help them, but we help them to the truth, Jesus Christ. We help them to the truth, the one that set them free forever. And he goes, I'm Muslim. I said, it's okay. Jesus is the truth. And I said, he's the only one that promised us salvation. And I started to preach. And, and everyone's waiting in line, and I'm still preaching. And then, <laughs> it's actually funny. No, he, he gave me $5 off the thing. I said he hasn't received Christ yet because he would have done it for him. Okay, number six. Try to see other people's needs and bless them. That's how you begin to crush envy from dictating and dominating your life. Try to see other people's needs and bless them. So guess what happens? One and two. Rejoice when, with, when God blesses others. Try to see other people's needs and bless them. Guess what happens when you have a heart to bless others? God lets you see their needs. Whether you can help them financially, whether you can help them emotionally, whether you can help them mentally. God lets you see. So how many people, how many people here are hearing from the Holy Spirit for other people? Wow. Wow. How many people have seen other people's needs? How many people on a continuous base, they are led to help people in need? Whether people that are saved, people that are not saved. Is your fruit effective? Unfortunately, if it's not effective, it's based on self, where envy is. It's true. So all these things, or probably many of them, I actually prayed for it because I had a heart that was full of selfishness. I actually prayed for it. And you know what God done? He changed my heart. He actually changed it. He changed it. Week by week, as I sat with him, month by month, year by year, to see continuously who I am and who I need to be in Christ, I prayed that my heart can change. 
I didn't want to stay this person. I never want to get to a place where I don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like winning souls. I never want to get to that place because unfortunately where if you get to this place, unfortunately self is there, self. Now this is another big one and this fits the top three that I spoke about before. And you can take a photo of these 10 points. I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to preach the other message. So number six, try to see other people's needs and bless them. Number seven, don't turn the thing you need or desire from God into an idol. Okay? Don't turn the thing you need or desire from God into an idol because you, you come to a place where you start to negotiate with God. I spoke to this pastor in, in India and his wife, oh, so I spoke to this pastor in India and this is what she said to me and it turned into an idol which ended up turning into an attack on God. She said, 16 years I heard Jesus telling me that I'm going to have this. And you know the mistake that she done? The mistake that she done, she didn't, she didn't put it behind her and focus on Christ. She put that in front of her and focused on that. I hope you're getting this. And I said, excuse me? And she goes, yeah, the Jesus said this to me. And she was like bitter. And this is what it turned into. Though. She was bitter and resentful and discouraged. And all she can think about is what Jesus said and hasn't fulfilled. And, and you know what happened? I said to her, excuse me, you need to put that behind you because that's become a stronghold for you. And it's so true. And, and, the, and the guy next to her, the bishop, he's a bishop. He's next to her, he's going, yes, I, I tell her many times she doesn't listen to me. <laughs> and I said, and I and I and I said, oh well, yeah, like someone else wanna hate me. Don't turn the thing you need or desire from God into an idol. It can be a healing where that gets into the place of your heart or you focus on your healing, you take your eyes off Christ and the process. It's in every way. It can be even in your attacks in your mind. It can be fear. It can, in, it can be anxiety. It can be depression where you, you, you say, Lord, you have to heal me from this. Instead of renewing your mind, sitting in his presence and those layers falling. Same thing for this. Even lack. Lord, I need you to do this for me. And it's an idol. I need this blessing. Guess what happens? God doesn't come into your heart, deal with the fear of failure, deal with a slave mentality, and all you do is focus on the idol, and guess what happens? It blocks you from maturing. It's so important you know these things. So these are examples that, that I put there with examples of mostly pastors, unfortunately, because leaders fall into this trap, and it can be me as well. 
Don't turn the thing you need or desire from God into an idol. Well, we can, I can preach too many things on this. But I've seen so many people that need healing, they need breakthrough. That's their idol. They, they take their eyes off Christ. They take their eyes off the will of God. I was suffering and struggling before mentally. If there was a name for fear, anxiety, depression, that was me. I said I'm going to go after his will and I'm not going to worry about anything else. And I'll go there and preach, Holy Spirit will move, and I'm still struggling with fear. I'm still struggling with emptiness. I'm still struggling with confusion. And I'm getting tormented. And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me very clearly, when you look at the interests of others, I'll, I'll refresh you. And all I was doing was going after the kingdom. Everything else will be added to you. That's not only for the physical, that's for the spiritual also. That's for everything. I went after Jesus and his kingdom. Are you understanding? The next one is probably the biggest one that covers all of them. And why so many people fall into the biggest trap is the last one. Find your identity in Christ. It's the biggest one. Find your identity in Christ, not in what you can do for him or who you are, or an instrument of God regarding your gifting. Find your identity in Christ alone. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not what you do. It's not how mightily God uses you. Your identity is in the finished work of the cross. Finish, full stop. If your, if your source and your power is from how much you preach and how much you lead to Christ or how much you study, how much you fast, how much you pray, you've missed the mark. My identity is not how much I pray and fast. That's the process I need to undergo. My identity is Christ alone. And I prayed for this. In the beginning, my peace and my joy was getting robbed and it's like a tug of war getting rubbed. You know why? Because I felt like I belonged when I'm winning souls. I thought my belonging and my position is when I'm winning souls and doing something for Christ. But when I'm alone, I'm suffering. When I'm alone, I'm not at rest and peace. And Jesus showed me that your, your, your energy, your power, it's in what you can do for me, not how you rest in me. Are you understanding and for the first three years of my journey, I was like in a tug of war, emotional, mental roller coaster. And every time I'm preaching, I feel like I'm on fire. But when I come to rest, I struggle. And God dealt with that mentality in me because I lacked identity in Christ alone. Are we understanding? So your peace, the Bible says we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Our identity is the blood of Christ over our lives. Full stop. No buts, no ifs. Before you do anything for Christ, your peace is Christ. So how many people when they don't, how many people when they're not doing anything for Christ here, they feel like, oh, something's wrong with me, something's not right with me. Identity issue. Can you see it now? So, so many people say, you know what? I need to preach. I need to do more for God. I need to go to this church. I need to go to that church. I need to be this person. I need to be that person. Guess what happens? They're lacking identity. 
you see? Thank God. The issue is identity. When you have identity, then you can work in the house of God without trying to fill that void that's lacking. So when you lack identity, you're always on the move. You're always busy. But the truth is, you don't see yourself in the way Christ sees you. Amen. Major breakthroughs today. Praise the Lord Jesus. So now, no one put their hand up before. Now can you see envy? <laughs> now can you see envy, how it hides? It hides behind all these principles. My heart is for you to be free from it. There's no glory in this message, but a light to shine on your heart. So you can see, then your freedom begins. Then your freedom begins. So if anyone wants to take photos of the notes, please, um, don't send it to no one. Keep it for yourself. Keep it for yourself. And we're on this journey to be free. Amen? How much freedom is in the truth? See, all the time I spend with God, look what's getting poured out for our hearts to be free and our full assurance to be on Jesus alone. Everything stems from that place. Everything. Imagine I pray. Imagine I pray and my identity is in how much I pray. When I don't pray, I don't have joy anymore. Imagine my identity is when I'm fasting and I stop pray, but fasting and I don't have joy anymore. Imagine when I'm preaching the gospel and my identity is in preaching the gospel and when I'm not preaching the gospel, I don't feel um, complete in Christ. Identity issue is the biggest problem in the church today. They find their strength in serving, strength in doing. And when they come to be alone, someone said to me, I hate to be alone. I get to hear what, what I really am. What happens when you're alone? Do you have the joy of the Lord? Do you have the completeness of Christ in your heart? The greatest way you can see your identity is Christ in, in what you entertain when you're alone. Amen. So let's pray. Begin to thank the Lord Jesus in your hearts because he's free in our hearts. God loves the free spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. God loves the free spirit. I tell you the truth. The Holy Spirit speaks to a free spirit. <clears throat> and as a brother in Christ, I'd like to give all the glory to Christ today for even giving us this teaching. All the glory belongs to him. Believe me, I'm so grateful that he lets me see these things so we can be free as a body. Because all the reoccurring issues that happens in your mind and happens in your emotions are all these things undetected. So Father, we worship you from here to the third heavens. We give you all the glory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to your name. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're living in us. 
and that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, it's living in us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you become more and more sensitive with us so that we can know the heart of Christ for our lives. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord Jesus, and I'd like to thank you for this message. Thank you for your truth that sets us free. I pray from today, Lord, that we are never the same and that envy is so far away from us because your spirit of grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace, Lord Jesus Christ, the unmerited favor that allowed you to stay at the cross for us and die until all your blood was emptied for us. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Pour it upon our conscience, pour it upon our heart and soul, pour it upon our bodies, and allow us to be complete today in the name of Jesus Christ. We were created perfect in the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I pray from today, Lord, that you alone are our joy and that our peace is in you alone. And I pray from today, Lord, that we can have rest because you will never leave us nor forsake us. So we say with our hearts that Jesus is the King and author of our lives and that he is with us until the next age. Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us. More and more, allow us to see you. Your glory in our hearts and see you through your living word. Lord Jesus, I pray for the whole congregation today that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray that every evil thought, every evil pattern, every evil attack has left us today in the name of Jesus Christ. For the old has passed away, behold, the new has come because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We worship you today and thank you that our hearts are free because of you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus. 